Hi, everybody, and welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's final podcast on Oscars 2022. We're anxious to put this agonizing year behind us and move on to the next year, but first we have to talk about something, something that sounds like this. <laughs> um, but I am here with three of our editors, uh, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. So we're coming down off of the hangover of last night's Oscars. I was in attendance, so I, I experienced the entire thing. The internet. Do you have a real hangover? No. Do you have an actual hangover? Oh, no. Okay. I mean, I should, right? But I don't. Yeah, you should. I was, you know. I guess I didn't really in the end drink. It's it's kind of like, you know, a, a cruise ship. I've never been on a cruise ship, but I imagine it to be like that. And, you know, like the Vegas uh, slot rooms where the drinks are a little, you know, a little lower than... They're not really super strong. I mean, I could have been drinking oh, hard yeah. liquor uh-huh. all night, but I, I really... I stuck to like champagne and stuff like that. So I didn't really get drunk drunk. Um, and anyway... To quote Jack Nicholson in uh, <laughs> Terms of Endearment, the pain sobered me up. <laughs> I would, even if I was <laughs> drunk, I would have, uh, I would have been sobered up by the end of the evening for sure. Um, so the internet has been chattering nonstop about this. I mean, you really, you really do see with this incident what the content machine is like now. It's so hungry and it's so in need of fodder and fuel that like something like this, like is really fresh red meat that can be chewed on like everywhere by everybody. Um, it's kind of crazy, I think, to watch that. Not not that they shouldn't be talking about it. I mean, it was quite shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start before we get into the Will Smith thing. We can get into that in a minute, but let's just start with the predictions. Have you ever seen in your life a more like by rote predictable Oscars than this one? No. Yeah, pretty easy, and I, and I, easy, and yeah. I still blew it because I was still wanting no, to be stubborn, and I wanted to make a lot of choices that I thought were unlikely, but I wanted to roll the dice anyway. So I still didn't do very well because I because I really don't ever, and I don't really care. I'm sure there were a lot of probably near perfect scores on the contest, right? They probably missed just one that animated short, which was the only oh, unpredictable. Yeah, I think I think in hindsight it looks that way. And that's evidenced by how many people did so well. Like, I, I know I broke my own personal record. Oh, Mark, right. But, yeah, I got 21. Not bad. Uh, I missed animated short and song because I'm an idiot and changed it at the last minute. Kitty, um, But, again, I think, I think in hindsight it looks that way. But, man, going into the night, I felt uncertain about mm-hmm. so many. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know that it was the most unpredictable. I think there have been easier... Predictable, you mean. I think there have been easier years where I just had lower scores. But, like, you know, editing could have gone either way. The one that won editing didn't win Ace. It didn't win BAFTA. It I didn't guess win anything. What I mean is, like, if you followed our awards daily, most likely, you would have gotten all but one. And if you followed Gold Derby's predictable predictions, you would have pretty much missed maybe one or two. I guess that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like when I when I filled out my yeah. when I changed yeah. the prediction contender tracker, usually I have to change a bunch of them around. But this time I was like, yeah. nope, that's right, that's right, that's right. So that that I thought was weird. And if we had just stuck to that mark, like I was like you, I second guessed sound and production design at the end, and I changed them. And if I hadn't, <laughs> I would have done extremely well. Obviously, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. I think there were some races that were super close to call. They just ended up going the way that maybe we most thought they would. 
but mm-hmm. I, I think there were just a lot of races that could have gone either way. It felt like, and, and of course, hindsight tells us otherwise. The scores yeah. tell us otherwise. But I don't know. I, I was more worried about this season than I have the last three or four. That's weird. Sticking to what we believed six weeks ago would have been a good idea for anyone because yeah. things didn't really change much from what we mm-hmm. thought about six weeks ago. But then, then every couple of weeks it would be like time to update your contender tracker thing, guys, the Oscar squad. And I would feel like that I would need to make a change just because we were given another chance to, to reconsider. But if I just stuck to everything that I thought Same. six weeks ago would have done better. But then they, you, there's so much noise that started, like about the Penelope Cruz thing. That was just a MacGuffin. That was just a red herring. The hairy. Penelope Cruz thing. And, and the, was it, though? That's what we, That's yeah. the thing about this game we play is we don't really ever get to know. Maybe Cruz right. was super close, number mm-hmm. two. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. Uh-huh. Right? Well, but there's nothing that would make the Oscars more fun to me than if we I actually know. got to know the second, at least the I second agree. place person I, I, but to I know all of them would be just fantastic but to, but a lot of the critics groups do that you know you have a runner-up i wish yeah. that the oscars would do that too it would make it so much more interesting well i was yeah, hoping I that there would have been more surprises i was like if i hadn't overthought those that the key to me for this is, is we all overthought it too much i thought by the yeah. end because it, you know if we had just said you know like i kept hearing people say dune's not going to win six oscars no way is it going to win and i was like yeah there's no way it's going it doesn't even have director how could it win six oscars mm. of course it did and there was a lot of love for it we know why it did and we know that the bafta was really supportive and it, it, the weird thing about it was the only really tricky category the two trickiest categories it's so weird was like original screenplay and animated short it's like how could those be when it just turned out that Belfast was the right choice for original screenplay, and that was the only, for me, the only risky call that I got right. Everything else was pretty much following the herd. Mm-hmm. You know, Belfast, I went with my heart, and it ended up winning, and that was wonderful. Which, That's great. That was I was one of the best things about the evening because I knew, and really just because I knew it would make you happy, Sasha. That was yeah. that that was enough for me to really kind of make them one of the highlights of the evening for Belfast to win. Uh-huh. I didn't think that it would. It's not that I didn't think I you know I liked Belfast a lot. I just had I just felt in my heart that that they might not go that way. That's why I chose something else. But I'm glad that you were right. Hmm. But. I, interrupted you so sorry. no no that's okay <laughs> anybody who wants to talk just go ahead and jump in and otherwise i'll just keep rambling but um the animated short was a weird one like it, it's just so weird like people would laugh at us if, if they heard us talking about how animated short was like the most <laughs> difficult category to predict because they, they think like why would anybody care about animated short but it did it was one of the hardest ones um because mm. The uh, Oh, and I just wanted to stop and say that, Mark, had I not read your thing and known what you said about sound and editing, I never would have picked Dune for editing. So it was only yeah. because of you that I picked that. I would have gone with King Richard. So your your research did end up bearing fruit, I think. Yeah. So the two that I flipped on because of my research were editing, which that worked out, and goddammit song, which I had... We had, like, I'm sure most of us had Billie Eilish winning that a year yeah. ago. Right. Right, because we, we got to hear that song super early because of the delay. And that sat in my number one spot for, like, 51 weeks. And then the week before Oscar, I, I read that in, that Disney, or I found that Disney stat where when they're nominated for both song yeah. and mm-hmm. score, they almost always win one. And I really didn't think it was going to win score. So, 
I switched it. So sometimes the research and the stats help, and sometimes they They kill don't. You. I had that conversation with Chris right before the Oscars about song, and he's like, don't you think it's going to go to the Encanto? And I said, no, because the BAFTA loved No Time to Die, and they're doing the Bond tribute, and Billie Eilish is really popular. Put all three of those things together, and it seems like, although they did invite Lady Gaga, who appeared with Joe Biden and didn't win. So it's not like you can go by the popular um, thing, but... It just was about the fact that the BAFTA love No Time to Die. I thought if they have a chance to give it anything, they're going to put all their love behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's that. Um, it, it Unfortunately, the night was, I thought, in in my world, going a little bit fine until the Will Smith thing. Like It was just sort of humming along. I was a little bit shocked at how by the book, the predictions were coming down. It almost mm-hmm. felt like, wow, they really, we really did crack the code of how to get the Oscars exactly right. Now there's nothing left to do <laughs> because <laughs> we figured it out. It's done. But, um, but then the Will Smith thing happened and, you know, it really did change the course of the evening and everything that won after that, including Jessica Chastain and Coda just, and, and especially summer of soul, like their moments were just taken away from them. Mm, mm-hmm. And they still won, but the mood had just dramatically changed, at least in the room. I don't know about at home. Oh, no. Oh, it, it was at home also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went to bed in shock that that happened. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning in shock that that happened. I still haven't quite... You know, by this point, I've read so much about it so Mm -hmm. that it's 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 sort of my brain is sort of processed it. But nobody's talking about Coda. Nobody's talking about the winners. Um, Uh It's all Will Smith. Uh And I I think that's that's I mean, everybody's talking about the Oscars. Yes. But I think it's a disappointment in that people aren't talking about the winners. People aren't recognizing, you know, it's it's not uniform that of course no one is talking about the winners but it's not the the narrative coming out of last night and right and violence is the narrative that and that disappoints me it disappoints me if i have to find an upside to it first of all nobody that i know mostly outside of our our world has even seen any of these movies if they've seen any of them they've seen like one or two like my friend Clara, who's a movie, she's only seen Power of the Dog, and that's because I urged her to see it. She hasn't seen anything else. My sister only watched two movies. Neither of them are nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> Emma has only seen Dune. So the thing is, is if the Oscars had happened, it would be like, you know, uh, a tree falling in the forest. And if somebody's around to see it or hear it, did it fall at all? Like they just would have happened and gone away, and, and only people in our world would have really been paying attention to them. But now... Mm. Everybody is paying attention to the Oscars suddenly. And not in a good way. Not he's, in a good way. Done, he did more damage to the Oscars than anything else that's happened in the past five years has done damage. He did more damage to the Oscars' reputation yeah. than anything else I can remember in recent memory. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I, I was I was actually, tra- I mean, not to be emotional and dramatic and stupid, but I was really traumatized by it. I, I was like, wait, woke up upset. I had to call my friend and talk mm. and I couldn't control it. Like I kept thinking to myself, why are you acting this way? This is so dumb. Mm. But I couldn't help it. It was it was a violent thing to witness in person. And I felt really bad for Chris Rock, you know, really bad for him. He just looked so humiliated. And then to right, see... But- to see the whole room. Didn't handle it so well, though. I mean, I felt, I, I felt so sorry. I, you know, 
you said when you were um, in your seats that people were all around you were saying, did that really happen? Did we really see that? You know, it was like so unreal that people couldn't even process that what they had seen. But if you're at home and you've got like direct TV, you can hit the remote control right. and you can rewind it and watch. And that's what I thought. Surely I missed something. Maybe did, did I miss another joke that was worse than the GI Joe wisecrack? Or was there something, G.I. Jane, I mean, did, did I miss something? And so you rewind it, and when you look at it more than once, you see the progression of it. Yeah. And even though it happened so suddenly the first time you see it, it wasn't really all that quick. He had uh, Chris Rock was standing there waiting for Will Smith to walk all the way across the stage to get to him. And the whole time, Chris Rock is like amiable. He's like ready to, for whatever. You know, he's like almost leaning in to give him a hug or have a chat or whatever. The very last thing he expected was to be... Well, and everybody else, like too. You know, like a sucker punch. The whole studio, the everybody thought Will right. Smith is funny, Chris Rock is funny, they're about to do some funny bit. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. nobody thought he was menacingly walking up there to hit him. Like, what a fool. Right. What is wrong with him? Mm-hmm. And then when he turns around and goes back to his seat, he's got like that self-satisfied smirk yeah. on his face. Like, well, I really showed him, didn't I? It's just such an ugly attitude to have. I And the other that. thing that we've all talked about today, we've all seen that when he first told the joke that Will Smith was laughing. And yeah. Jada is off to the side and she has a scowl on her face, but he doesn't... Um, Will Smith doesn't see that she's scowling until they cut away. But part of the reason that he's laughing in the first place is because he's still laughing about Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. That the joke about them that she is such a harpy that that Javier is not even going to be able to win or she'll be furious at him. And that was hilarious to Will Smith. It's fine and dandy to make fun of someone else's wife, right? To make her look like a, a hard, uh, some kind of mad insane person that she'll be angry if her husband wins that's hilarious to him but and so he's laughing still about that and who didn't get mad about that penelope cruz and javier bardem they didn't get mad you don't see javier go up and smack him for that wisecrack right because it's not <laughs> it's a little it's a little different i think though they're they're mm-hmm. talking about a win versus you know what he yeah. said about um Jada's hair, uh, and which is health related. You know, he never mentioned the word hair, though. I didn't get. I didn't. Well, the GI Jane. Did not get it. Yeah, yeah the GI Jane references the hair. You I have to. I know do, that. Do you, you I know, know the movie, movie, right? I didn't get it. I really, yeah. actually, I swear to God, I thought, oh, so she's making a GI Jane sequel. That's the first I've heard of it, but so it sounds legit to me. I've heard of yeah. weirder things. I thought maybe it really was, and that the joke well, that's was the thing that, is like that pe- he's made a, that he's made a, an a, um, Oscar-nominated movie, and she's still stuck making junky action flicks. But listen, they they, the they made a lot of offensive jokes throughout the whole evening, and yeah, and the one about right? the last duel I thought was mean, and it's like yeah, the that, last duel was just the awful. thing it is, wasn't is even that, funny. I had right. seen Jada Pinkett Smith at the Critics' Choice Bald, and I thought, wow, that's a weird fashion choice. And I made it like a joke, a su- not that kind of a joke, but like a, you know, kind of a joke on Twitter about it, not knowing, because I had no idea she had that. And right. I'm, Chris Rock didn't know either. It's not like everybody knows about it. Like if you watch uh. Jada P- Pinkett Smith's show, you might know about it, or if you read the, the news about her. But I had no idea until after I said that. So... Chris Rock didn't know. He just thought it was probably thought it was a fashion choice that she was showing up like that. There have so. been other women who shaved their head for a fashion choice. There's not, she's not the first to have done that. And, you know, I didn't even know she had a show. 
I didn't even know that she had a show, much less that she has spoken about this on her show. But to tell you the truth, whenever I hear that that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett are about to say something publicly, I I don't want to hear it because I don't want to hear. I know, me too. That, I avoid it. You know, myself. I don't want to hear that he that he comes and he and he pukes up and, and, <laughs> and gags at the same time. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that she has cucked him. That he's a cuck. You know, I don't want to hear that. You know, they, you, they tell me too much already. I just don't want to hear anything <laughs> they have to say. <laughs> That's too Sorry. much to wrap up into the whole thing. Like all that too. Like I know, a, right? So I, I, that, I mean, that their personal life or anything. And, and I know people, Will Smith sold it like, he sold it like he was protecting his family. And, you know, those of us in the room, because this is what humans do when they're all together and someone's crying, the impulse mm-hmm. is to want to protect and comfort him and want him to, to right. succeed through this thing. Let's just, I just kept saying to myself, just get through it. Just get through it. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Because, you know, it really did. It was dead silent in there. Well, yeah. And you could feel the tension and it felt like any minute he something bad was going to happen, like he was going to have a mental breakdown. Someone was going to have to lead him off mm-hmm. stage, like what's going to happen next? But it wasn't until later for me anyway, after sleeping on it and thinking about it, that I, that I even got to the point of thinking, man, that really sucked what he did. You know, because mm-hmm. I had to work through all the feelings I had about him and his speech, which was really, I thought, really sad and moving. But then mm-hmm. when you think about it some more, and the thing that stuck with me was Chris Rock's p- place in all of this, you know, that he, he held his, his composure and he went on to introduce the award and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, pretty classy thing to do. But the more you think about it, the weirder it becomes that someone in the Oscars, which has never, ever happened in all of their history, walked up to the stage and slapped a presenter after mm-hmm. they made a joke. and Someone said to me in DM, they said, what would it have been like if anyone else in the audience, someone who wasn't a star, but just a sort of a minor, sort of unknown person who happened to be in the audience, what if they had walked on stage and assaulted one of the hosts, one of the presenters? They would have been instantly carted off and, and, and expelled from the building, right? But he, he just went yeah. back casually and sat at his seat. And five minutes later, people are applauding him. And the thing about his speech, even though it was, he's an actor and he's, he, can, he can sell that kind of thing. But when you think about what he said, he was gaslighting us. Mm-hmm. He was trying to compare himself to Richard Williams. Right. Well, well, didn't he see his own movie? Richard Williams never did anything like that in the movie. The only time that he got violent in the movie, Richard Williams, is when he was actually threatened by violence himself. The other time that he was actually, in fact, there was one time when he, he, was, he was physically attacked in the movie and he took it like a man. He didn't fight back because he didn't want to make a scene and put his daughters in even more danger. I mean, he he uh, wasn't the type of person who would unprovoked go up and, and, and start a fight and, and, and attack someone over a joke. Oh, all Will know? Smith had to do was just nod his head and the camera would have picked it up and it would have been a slow burn and the message would have yeah. gotten across, you know, like it didn't mm-hmm. have to be to the point of actual violence. Or he, he could have addressed it in his speech. Yeah. He knew he was going to be on stage in a few minutes and he could have addressed it really severely and sternly in his speech and made a much more um, effective point, I think, if he had done it that way, instead of embarrassing, instead of showing his own ass on stage and ruining the rest of the evening for literally everyone else in at home and in in, uh, in the theater and in all of the other winners, it just ruined the rest of the evening for everyone. I think part of why mm-hmm. Will wasn't escorted off stage is is credited, I would credit to the way Chris Rock handled it. 
Um, he didn't really mm-hmm. react mm-hmm. in a, um, you know, and I've watched, I've rewatched it like everybody else has probably 20 times and mm. it's still, it still even looks fake, like mm. watching it, it because the way Chris goes with it and then bounces right back, it just look, it just looks fake. It's he so literally odd. Looked, he's like a rock standing there, right? He doesn't even, it doesn't even um, knock him off balance. He no, doesn't, yeah, just, is, there any, any, just is there any yeah, footage uh-huh. that's really close up? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen all sorts of different angles, and there's not really one that's better than the rest. But you know, he he definitely hits him. But even the sound on uh, through the TV sounded like a, a stunt, like it sounded like a sound effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if did you guys see? Um, he re- about 20 minutes ago, Will Smith posted uh, a statement on Instagram. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. Okay. It says, it says below. Please find the statement that Will Smith posted on his Instagram. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I am embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative. Indicative. Oh God, I can't say that word. Indicative. Indicative. Oh my God. Indicative. Indicative. (laughs) God, what the hell's wrong with my brain? Not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. Yeah. And listen, I yeah, am, I'm a true, I'll tell you two things about that off the bat. One, I'm a true believer in forgiveness. You guys all know that. But this yeah, is not a community do. that forgives people. So if you want to go down that road, I'm fine with it. If you want to say people can apologize and they can be redeemed and they can be forgiven for the bad things they do, great. Bring it on. Let's let everybody apologize and be redeemed. And, you know, not canceled and erased and, you know, expelled from the community for the things they do once they apologize, because they are people like, you know, Ansel Elgort, for instance. Um, But the second thing I can tell you about that is having been with abusive boyfriends, that's what they do. They come back with the flowers, mm-hmm. they cry, they beg, they, 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 they make you think they're broken and that you have to put them back together again until the next time they lose their temper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like, so I, I'm not going to be somebody who doesn't forgive him because it's just not in my nature to be that way. I accept his apology and everything, but I just would like to say, use it as a teaching moment for everybody else who doesn't believe in forgiveness to look at this and say, okay, well, we're making an exception here, so... That might mean mm-hmm. we have to do it across the board. Another thing about an apology like this, if he had done it at some point last night, even if he had worked it into his speech last night, I would have bought it a little more easily. But he's had probably a dozen people work on that apology. He didn't write, he, he didn't write that. And, and, it and but it, every word has been chosen carefully, and he signed off on it, and they put it in his voice, and he has rewritten it to sound like himself. But he's not the only person who worked on that apology. He's okay, got go it, he's ahead, got Clarence. Sorry, Ryan, to interrupt. Yeah, just like yeah, Clarence. That's all right. No, Clarence, go ahead. And it came after the Academy issued a, a statement that indicated that they were going to take a maybe a pretty serious um, take on this. Yeah. What did they say? They, uh, 
Um, they said violence wasn't condoned and they were looking into it and there were potential, um, let me find the Academy statement. Uh, you guys can continue to talk while I look it up. Well, there've been rumors that he may lose his Academy membership. He can keep the Oscar, but he might lose his Academy membership. That's, that's one consequence that could happen. Yeah. Well, what I see is I see people rushing to redeem Will Smith. And listen, I'm okay mm. with that if it's across the board with everybody. Right. I'm not mm. into the selective forgiveness and redemption. It's not fair. You know, if, if, if all I've been saying for the last four years or so is, you know, you have to believe in forgiveness, then let this be an example of that. Someone who did something really bad. I mean, really bad. Any person should be able to control themselves at the Oscars, you know. But here, you know, something else another good friend of mine said to me in a DM today who has a little bit of experience with with, um, uh, violent people said that the way the, the way that the that the that the blow was delivered, he could instead of using a fist, which would have been a felony, he was an open hand smack, which is a just a misdemeanor as far as as far as assault goes, and he may have known that. This may not be be the first time that he's had to decide about how he's going to express his anger, and using an open hand smack instead of a fist it makes it a misdemeanor instead of a felony, which is he thought this guy who told me this thought it was. Interesting at the very least and maybe significant. Well, he hit somebody else apparently on the red carpet at one point. Uh, I just found this out. There was a reporter that tried to kiss him on the mouth. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember that. He kind of pushed him away and smacked, he like lightly smacked his face. But not like this. No, this this was much worse. The uh, official Academy statement was, quote, the Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's show. We have officially started a formal review around the incident and will explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards of conduct and California law. Mm, yeah, see. California What's interesting, law. though, is that he, he went to the uh, Vanity Fair after party and just danced. And I know. Like nothing mm. happened. And right. a lot of people on Twitter were... I saw redeeming him and praising him. I, I saw this on both sides of the aisle, by the way, conservatives too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people who were who were saying he what he did was right and it was justified and, and that she was, you know, she's suffering from this illness. But um, I, I personally don't think violence, especially in a public setting, is ever right because it's not about you. The whole thing is not mm-hmm. about you. It's about Venus and Serena for starters and everybody mm-hmm. else sitting in that room. There were kids in there, you know, little kids. Yeah. Um, God, that I was sitting next to the dad, Jude Law, Jude Hill's dad from all the way from Ireland. But um, anyway, he was really nice, and he was. Um, they're all just so happy. Like we kind of take it for granted because we sort of work in this business. But for some of these people, like this is like the most amazing night of their lives, and they'll never have mm. another one. And to have it spoiled like that is just so selfish. You know, it's so. It's just so indulgent that he would think, yeah, I'm going to do this right now because I can. And I Mm -hmm. see myself as above this person standing on the stage and how dare he insult my wife. And yeah, I get it. I I understand that. You know, it sucks. If she had cancer and he did that, I I would be more, you know, angry. But a lot of women of my age are going through what she's going through. It's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's rare, you know. Um, It's bad. It's horrible, but it's not cancer, you know. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't even get it when I get it. There's obviously there's there's been a, um, a there are two billion men on the planet who have um, who are losing their hair, and and bald jokes are not a taboo by any means. You know, the people who are, are losing their hair have, have endured bald jokes all their life. It's different for a woman, I know. There's a totally different thing, and it's it's more rare, and especially for a celebrity. But I don't need, I, you know, I swear I didn't, when I saw it, I just thought it was a choice. I didn't, I didn't see it as baldness. I thought she had shaved her head. Well, that's which what he, quit, and obviously she, what he thought yeah. too, what Chris Rock thought, and that's yeah, what I mean, uh-huh, like yeah. a little bit of a little bit of flexibility there and and besides there's no there's no justification for walking up on stage and hitting somebody i don't care how bad no, the joke is if you don't like it you walk out of the room you know yeah. um or you lodge a complaint or you say like you say say something i know we sound like broken records i get it um mm. do you guys want to keep talking about this or do you want to move on to something um i don't know I mean, I'd like, I'd I, like, I, honestly, I'd like to move on. All right, let's uh, move on. I've, I've, I have mixed emotions about how I feel about what went down, and um, I'm not really comfortable talking about it for some reason. I don't know, okay. but I don't, oh, okay. but, I, but I don't agree. I don't agree that it's one way or the other. I think there's a middle in there somewhere. Um, you know. Uh, what what he did, I'll, I'll, I'll end my part with this and just say, I agree, violence is never the answer. And what he did is, is a terrible mistake and unfortunate, you know, that thing that ruined the most important night for him and others around him. And I'm sure he does regret it, whether he wrote that statement or his team did. I'm sure he's full of regret for it and wishes he could reverse things um, now. So I don't know. Um, I'll just leave it at that and, and say – to me, and I don't want to, I don't want to belittle anyone else's thoughts because Sasha, I know you, you just said um, a lot of the stuff too here, and others have online, and I, I just, I don't think it's such an unforgivable act. I think it's a bad decision and an awful thing that happened, no question. But I, I think we all make mistakes, and this is just a bad mistake. He re- he reacted emotionally. I, I I don't know. I know I'm somebody who reacts emotionally all the time, mm-hmm. like I am probably right mm-hmm. now. And you know, I'm much more likely to forgive someone when they're reacting on emotion than acting just because they're a dick. And that's kind of where I guess I stand with Will on this one. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I mean, I think we all sort of feel that way. Like I'm not saying it's unforgivable at all, but I am saying that. There's a difference between reacting emotionally and reacting violently, right? Because then you got to yeah. say, well, you can for- you can forgive almost any act of violence if someone was, you know, well, so many people do things out of anger or jealousy or sadness, um, and the law just doesn't work that way. You know, it's like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You still did the thing. You know, and. I mean, I, I agree that I also don't feel like it's unforgivable. I didn't. I don't mean to imply. It. I think it's unforgivable. I'm not. So I don't. I don't. I don't buy the apology to 100%. But the thing that actually bothered me even more, I think, than the than the outburst of anger, which I know that happens, you know, at the spur, at the, in the spur of the moment in the in a moment of passion, people can do all sorts of things. But it was the calculated rationalization in his seven minute speech that he was given time to stand up there and try to gaslight everyone into thinking that he was Richard Williams when it has when the when the situations are in no way comparable and Richard Williams never did anything like that 
probably in real life or certainly well, never didn't do anything like that in the movie. I, I you would know, he say, didn't go, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, yeah. No, no you go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're in the middle talking. Yeah. Go ahead. I just was going to just finish up by saying Richard Williams never like marched onto the tennis court and assaulted the 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 person who, who the referee or whatever they're called. He didn't. He stayed out of it when his girls were on the court. He he he, he sometimes was not even in the in the stands. He stayed away from the emotional involvement. He didn't try to attack people who were. Go ahead, but you go ahead. See, I'm running I, out of things. Uh, yeah, I was just—I was just gonna say—I I don't know that he meant, th- and I don't want to put words in his mouth because I'm gonna be assuming now. But I don't I'm personally—I don't think he meant he was acting as Richard Williams in that form. I think he was just—it felt to me more of a comparison of two flawed men, right? Mm, Richard, because okay. King mm-hmm. Richard is, or King Richard, Richard Williams <laughs> is very flawed, right? He was, mm-hmm. he is, you know he's a tough dude and he's, and he put his kids through some serious stuff and made them into champions and whatnot. But, you know, uh, he also had based on, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but the kitchen scene in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, he had right. other yeah. relationships and children that he didn't like live up to and stuff. So, uh, I think that's what I took from that part was that he was comparing himself to a flawed another uh-huh. flawed person. And I, okay. I definitely I get that. that. that yeah, that's, a good, that's a good interpretation. I'd just like to and, also and add that. Per, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm no, just going to say, ahead. I'd like to add that for me, if they were on the street and he punched him over that, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But it yeah. was the fact that he did it at the Oscars on a live show in front of millions of people without any regard to anyone else in that room or who might be watching at home or the Oscar producers. That is the part that I find... That's the part that's hardest for me. It's it's not so much that he actually hit someone, which is bad enough, but it but if if it's man to man in a bar or whatever, that's different. You know, that's a whole different thing. But but he's part of a show. He's agreeing to appear on a show. And so he has a responsibility as a performer to hold the show together like everybody else down there, you know, to keep decorum. Mm-hmm. And so I think even on the street or even on one of the Oscar after parties, you know, that it wouldn't surprise me at all if they had a confrontation at one of the parties afterwards. And it wouldn't have have phased or affected any of us in the same way. But yeah. it's just I mean, if it was a normal thing, if it was a normal human thing to do sometime in all the years that we've been alive, we would have seen something live like that on TV. And I've never in my never, life seen no. anything like that on television. And the last thing I'll say before we move on is having grown up being hit a lot um, and having a mother who still has those kinds of outbursts in public. Like on my daughter's birthday, we went to the American Girl store and, and I wanted to buy him a, a bottle of water and the water was like $6 and I bought it. My mother had a complete freak out in the middle of the American Girl store. And the look on my daughter's face, that that mixture of shame mm. and horror and fear, that's what I saw on Chris Rock's face. Mm. And that's why I reacted the way that I did. I just felt like he was bullying him. He was humiliating him in front of all those people. And what was Chris Rock going to do? You know, mm-hmm. he just held it together. He gave out the award. Um, right. And Sasha, you know more about my personal life and family life and me growing up than anyone else in the world does, but it's not a, a member of my family. You know, I went through the same thing when I was a kid all through up, all the way up until I was like 12 or 13 years old. And since I'm, and since I never became a dad, I never knew, I never have known what it's like to be a dad or the pressures that go along with that. And uh, Clarence and Mark, you 
both do understand that much better than I ever will. So I have to um, concede and bow to your different interpretation and understanding of what it's like when you're protecting, when a man feels like he's protecting his family or for whatever reason that a man loses his temper. I'm just not the type of person who ever does that. And since <laughs> I grew up being, but, 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 that, but oh, I know you're, I don't say, I know, I'm a total I don't mean that. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of course I know that you are, but I mean, what I mean is I, I, I am from, I came from the upbringing, Sasha, that you did with a, with yeah. an abusive situation with with um, especially my dad, and so that kind of thing just absolutely I, it I triggers me in why, so many different yeah. ways. I think that's why we're re- we react to it a certain way, Ryan. Honestly, um, yeah. but let's um, let's ease into a different. Co- let's talk about some other things. Like, what about Kevin Costner's speech? Like, I thought it was pretty great, and then <laughs> Jane Campion mocked him <laughs> for it. What did you guys? Did she think? really? She did. Did you see that part? I, you know, I I was so completely gobsmacked by yeah. what had just I happened that I, I even <laughs> noticed that Kevin Costner was on the stage. To be honest, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, I swear I, I don't even know what you're talking about. But Kevin Costner. I didn't leave the room. I did not leave the room the entire time the Oscars were on. I no. had no idea Kevin Costner said anything. Yeah, no, same. I was sitting there right in front of the TV, just like staring at it, like there's it's there's colors. Well, it's a it's a great picture. it's a great speech. It's incredibly serious and amazing i thought and then it was like really 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 it was like a a funeral sermon or something and then about directing it was quite i thought pretty damn cool if you ask me and then jane campion gets up there she goes thank you that was very dramatic (laughs) (laughs) very dramatic so he he presented the oscar to her is that what you're saying yeah you guys don't remember this i didn't even notice that he i'd swear i didn't even know he was the one who presented the oscar mark did you see that part right here the whole time no, I, it's a saw. it's a blur. It's a I remember seeing wow, Costner, but see? it's a blur to me. Too. You guys are so wow, funny. That, uh, that's because I know of we. What? I swear that's how much it it hit us. You know, we were just reeling and just everything was just. We, I was in a daze. Well, you got to yeah. go back and watch Kevin Costner's speech. Yeah, I will for sure. It's yeah. really great. But the Jane Campion thing after was hilarious, and the look on his face, I didn't see it because I was way up up at the nosebleeds. But my friend tells me that like after she said that, he has this look on his face like. What a bitch. <laughs> oh, you know, see, I, 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 even though I was thrilled that she won, it didn't matter to me if I saw that she won or not because she's not famous for giving great speeches. <laughs> she's, she's, really, she's really infamous for giving speeches that are so strange and off-key that it's almost like you wish that she wouldn't give a speech because as much as I respect and admire and love her, it's like she thinks... She's, I don't know, she's got a sense of humor. I think she only just wants to entertain, she she entertains herself. And yeah. as long as she thinks it's funny, she doesn't mind if nobody else thinks it's funny. The and only thing I thought because, when when she got on there was, keep the Williams sisters' names out of your mouth. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> no, thing really? I thought. Isn't that right? What yeah, if you yeah, shouted it, Clarence? <laughs> keep the Williams sisters' <laughs> names out of your fucking <laughs> So it's oh like, you know, that was it. Like, what if he, he could have done that at the Critics' Choice Awards, but, you know, 
Uh, oh yeah, right. But you I know, think he doesn't like if Chris had, Rock. I think he's got a personal beef with him. I would bet that like he just thinks he's like a little jerk. So. You know. I also think that probably he he still felt stung from what was said earlier in the evening when uh, Regina. Um, I invited the guys up on stage and wanted to grope them as she decided she was trying to decide whether to invite <laughs> Will up there or not, whether he whether he qualified as being available or not. I think that probably rubbed him in the wrong way. He probably would have liked to smack her, honestly, but he couldn't, obviously. So he had that rage built up from, from earlier in the show is what I believe. I think there must have been some weird issues between them i would imagine but but anyway in the room it was kind of like i was sitting next to I, I, this guy uh right next to me he was so funny he was dressed in like a, t- a tutu and I, I was like i was sitting <laughs> uh-huh. there and i just went <sighs> i sighed and he put his hand on my shoulder he's like i know i know it's almost over <laughs> like because i think everybody was just so frozen in fear like in shock like because it was not fear that like something's going to happen but Everybody was shocked. So, so the last part of it, when Coda finally won, it wasn't the, it wasn't the usual when a Best Picture winner wins there. You know, it, it didn't no. feel the same mm. way as usual. Didn't feel that way at home either. I, at that point, I just didn't. I, I just wondered we wanted it to all be over. It was all, it was all going to be carved in stone from then on out anyway. Right. I, I had given up on there being any surprises. And this, you know, another thing too about the show, the whole thing. I thought the entire point of wanting to eliminate the eight categories was to make to trim the show down and make <laughs> it more compact. It, it was three hours and forty minutes long or something, wasn't it? So it was two minutes shorter than Lawrence of Arabia. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Well, because those and they cut two of the musical programs, I think, didn't they? They cut Lady Gaga and Van Morrison. Weren't they set to perform? Oh, see, I didn't even know. See, but it was just it just went on and on, which just goes to show this was never about making the show shorter, because it's what I said a month ago when the film was first announced that they were going to cut the categories. ABC is not interested in making the show shorter. Why would they be? Every every two minutes of commercial time they sell is another eight or nine million dollars in their pocket. Why would they want to make a a show shorter with fewer commercials and make less money? All they want to do is just eliminate the parts when they think that people may lose interest because there are people on stage that they don't, are not familiar with. They want to keep the show some, some way sort of riveting so that people don't change the channel. Yeah, they, no, they, the they can solve hours. that problem so easily. All they have to do is bring it down to five Best Picture nominees, hire Ricky Gervais or somebody like that to be the host, and the problem solved. And then if they have five movies, people will see the movies. It won't be like this overwhelming number of ten. I know you don't agree with me, Ryan, and that's okay. I'm just putting out my opinion. I, know, I, think I, know, that, I know, I know, I know. I'm just holding you know. my tongue about it because yeah, we've no, been through it before. We disagree. Yeah. But no, Ricky Gervais and put some sort of protective cage around him so that nobody can punch him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> put him in a cage so that nobody can assault him. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, anything else that stands out to you guys that you want to discuss briefly before... Let's two Let's things. talk about. Oh yeah, go ahead. No. Oh, yeah. I just had two really quick things. Yeah. Number one, um, I thought the Godfather tribute was very tacky um, <laughs> because they included Robert De Niro, who wasn't even in the Godfather. Right. That they were celebrating for the fifty yeah. year, the fiftieth anniversary. He was in Godfather Part Two, of course. Um, 
And the the other thing that kind of bothered me is I had no idea that Liza Minnelli was that bad off. Oh, right, yeah. Like she's yeah. only seventy six. I mean, quote unquote, only. But mm-hmm. like it just it literally seemed like she forgot where she was in the middle of that and and kind of reboot. And she's like, oh hi. Did you did you mm-hmm. did did you all interpret it that way or absolutely yeah I I I, mean, I just I, loved I, how I a little bit I have some familiarity with that and I recognize what they may be you know so it was it was a kind of heartbreaking to realize I liked that um, how Lady Gaga was with her though I just yeah, thought that, yes. was, that was awesome oh yeah lovely. she's like I got really you it's so yeah. sweet that was like one of the sweetest things I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, but that's, um, and that's really fine with someone who's in who who may be in decline like that to help them along because. They want to participate, and they're able to participate right in the exact moment, but they can easily lose track of what happened a minute ago. And if that if that is, in fact, what, what's happening with well, Liza Minnelli. I guess we'll but find she, out. But she seemed like she really enjoyed being out, being on stage, enjoyed the applause, enjoyed participating, and it, it didn't seem like that she was being in any way taken advantage of or, or exploited in any way, and it was so... Really, so really lovely to see the way that Lady Gaga um, helped her. I am. Yeah, I was watching. But but it was just. But I agree, Clarence. It was disturbing to realize that because I had no idea. I was watching the uh, the three of them shuffle off stage after they cut to a commercial break. uh, Al Pacino and Coppola and De Niro. And they just. It was such a weird, eerie feeling. It was the same feeling I had when I walked around the museum. And then Liza Minnelli was like, wow, we're watching a generational shift before our very mm-hmm. eyes. Out they go. Mm-hmm. There it goes. Mm-hmm. Goodbye to 70s cinema. It's over. Mm-hmm. Before we get to um, to Mark's comment, I do want to add, I did see someone's incredibly catty tweet. I mean, I know it's shocking, right? There's cattiness on Twitter. But <laughs> they said, I really want to celebrate Lady Gaga and because of, of her kindness with the older actor generation and they had, you know, a picture of her with Liza Minnelli. They had a picture of her with Tony Bennett, with Julie Andrews. And they had a picture of her with Barbara Streisand. (laughs) Which I didn't think was. (laughs) (laughs) Streisand is Streisand. She's not not quite there yet. She's not there yet. She's not there yet. She may never get there, honestly. Anyway, truly. All right, Mark, Mark what was you, your you, thing? You said you had two, wait. Did you what, did you have two points? You were two that things was, you wanted to I mention. I think that was his that second was point. point. That was the oh, okay. Okay, you're right. Yeah, the Godfather yeah. and Liza. So yeah, I, I, I'll echo. I the, my three favorite moments of the night was the Gaga and Liza moment. Um, I also loved um, Yoon Yoon Jung. I can never say her name right. The supporting actress winner from mm-hmm, Minari. Mm-hmm. I loved her and Kotzer's exchange mm-hmm. and her apologizing Aww. for being so upset about her name last year when she had to then say mm-hmm. these names and I like the fact that she sign languaged him know. before announcing him and um, and then my favorite moment of the night which is obviously the most upsetting moment of the night for Twitter is when Belfast won screenplay Yay. I shouted pretty loud so Aww, you and those were my three favorite moments <clears throat> that's lovely you and Jude Hill's dad he, he was so cute every time Belfast <laughs> came up he was like what I was like the only person yeah. up there screaming. It was so cute. I'll never understand how that movie gathered so many haters. Like, I, I, it, you no. know, it, it, I'm kind of glad it didn't win. Like in the end, I'm kind of glad Belfast isn't the best picture winner. Because everybody would because hate it. it yeah. yeah, it's going to, Coda is going to suffer its fate instead. Maybe. Uh, I think, maybe. I, well, I, I think, I think no question. I think it's, and it's a great movie. It made my top 10 of the year. But a lot of times it's not 
about how good or bad the movie is. It's what did it beat. And I think Power of the Dog in, you know, maybe Belfast, but Power of the Dog for sure, I think is going to be one of the more remembered films, if not the most remembered film of this year. And uh, uh, over time, it's just going to look worse and worse, unfortunately. Yeah. Even yeah. though we were there, Troy Kotzer's speech, I thought, was the best of the night. It was the most moving, incredible moment. Did we say that already? Did I? Am I getting like... I don't think so. Okay, no. so that no. that was, to me, my, the favorite, um, my favorite part of the Oscars was his speech, which I just thought was so incredible. And um, but but when you think about it over time, and as these films, you never know which movies are actually going to survive an Oscar year. It's really weird. You think you do, but you don't really. Like for instance, in ten years, the movie people might be talking about is Don't Look Up. You know, they might not even be talking about any of the other movies. So like, you just never know how things are going to yeah. settle. But I think that for me, the problem with Coda isn't actually the movie itself. It's more about the fact that. The Academy just gave Best Picture to the smallest movie with the least nominations that the least that the fewest amount of people saw, and Dune mm. won six Oscars. Like to me, it's just an imbalance. That's a ch- and, and director director was completely left out. Like it it didn't even matter. Like Coda's director wasn't nominated, and Dune's director wasn't nominated. Mm-hmm. So just it's just the part of me that's still married to that Coppola generation. You know, I'm still I'm part of that generation mm-hmm. of like that was the shit. You know, those directors mm-hmm. were the best and they were auteurs and they drove the best picture race. And I felt like it's been slowly dying a death. And and it last night it just finally killed it off where it's like, yep, we don't need the director anymore. We can just give out a special award for the director as the artistic achievement award. And then we'll give best picture to something else. But so, yeah, that bothered me about it. But do I think, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it's going to take time for it to, to wear off. There's going to be a day where it doesn't feel as unique and rare to have a film with a deaf cast at all. You know, it's going to probably become more commonplace thanks to Coda. And when that happens, people will only have the movie to look at. And it's just a kind of a fairly standard coming of age story. And, uh, but good, you know, I think all Oscar best pictures in their own way are good movies. If you watch any of them, even though people say they're bad, even crash, I agree. they say they're bad. You sit down with those movies and you go, that was a good movie. You know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're never bad movies. They're just sometimes not as good as other movies. Yeah. That's we just get caught up in the race. Yeah. Go ahead. Another thing that I don't want to get into against Sasha, because you and I have done it before, and, and we kind of differ on our opinions. But I, I just want to not for you not to be discouraged that that it's a that it's so essential for best picture and best director to go hand in hand all the time. Because even with The Godfather, Bob Fosse won best director that year for Cabaret. But Francis Ford Cabaret, Coppola was nominated. Well, yeah, that's true. He was nominated for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. But another thing about whether the the movie that's most nominated the or that wins the most Oscars should also win Best Picture. Cabaret, again, that year won eight Oscars, and Godfather only won three that year, I yeah, think. Yeah, but Cabaret is the, is the record holder for that. And, and first of all, Cabaret... I know, it's rare. Okay, but let's just... Cabaret and Godfather versus Dune and Coda, can we just... Look at that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. Right. We're talking about well, two know, of the greatest I mean, films of all time. You don't have to the idea that is one of the weirdest best picture winners of all time and that I don't think it's going to 
age well with the rest of yeah. the with the rest of the in the pantheon. All right, but, let me just interrupt you, know, I, you I, I for totally a second. Let me just interrupt you because we've only got five more minutes here. Let me just say well, that in the many years that I've known you, uh, Ryan, for fifteen years or whatever mm-hmm. it is, y- you have to understand our essential differences as humans. You are an optimist, <laughs> and I am a fatalist. <laughs> I will always be a fatalist, and you will We've always had be an about optimist. This before too, we had arguments about whether I'm too much of an optimist. You are an optimist, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm a pessimist, yeah, and I'm a fatalist. Right. Yeah. Thing isn't too up. <laughs> I'm I'm sadly pessimistic too, but uh, <laughs> you are not, Mark. You're at oh heart my, an optimist. Oh no, Clarence is pessimistic like me. No, <laughs> I do want to say about about uh, Yoon Joo Ying. Is that her, how you pronounce her name? Since you didn't bring it, there's a there's a new miniseries on Evil Apple TV Plus <laughs> that is called Pachinko, and she's oh, a, a major star. In it. Isn't it she, fantastic? I, I didn't and even recognize her yet. I, I've only watched one episode. It's very good. I agree with you. Uh, I didn't yeah. even recognize that. What's though. it called? Yeah, she used the grandma. Uh, Pachinko. It's a, uh, it's a Japanese uh, gambling game of some sort. Uh, yeah. It's a like a it's like pinball. It's like Japanese pinball or something. Sort of like only you gamble with hmm. some machines. Yeah. And, um, okay. and so, but I mean, I mean, it's a Korean Japanese story, right? Yeah, Korean Japanese. I think so. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All so, yeah, right. Last thing. Last thing, um, Clarence, you mentioned talking about movies we were looking forward to in 2023, right? Yes. I only know of a couple. Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. Do you know of any others? Um, I I don't think it started filming yet, but uh, I have heard that it was supposed to come out in 2023, which is um, Bradley Cooper's Maestro, the uh, biopic about Leonard Bernstein. Right. Oh, my! Looking forward to that. Yeah, and there's, I know Netflix is going to have a couple of movies, of course, right? They would have to. Um, oh, I'm sure they'll be picking up stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I can name a couple more if you want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up. Um, so the whale was one of the big ones that was pushed to next year. That's the Darren Aronofsky film with Brendan Fraser. Okay. Who plays? I think he plays a really like overweight uh, teacher or something. But that got a lot of buzz with with uh, Brendan Fraser and, and the fact that Aronofsky's directing. Um, Red, White, and Water was another one. I forget what that was. I think that's a Jennifer Lawrence movie, maybe. Um, the Northman, which who knows, um, but we'll, it looks fun. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, I think, is going to be a big one. That's, uh, what's her name is directing mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, Olivia Wilde, good call. Uh, Starring Florence Pugh. Yeah, which, of course, you had me at Florence Pugh. <laughs> and then David O. Russell has another one this year. He's always a big uh, Oscar player. Yeah, so, what's uh, his coming up? It's just untitled right now. Uh, and the plot details just says on IMDb, plot details kept under wraps. But it has Zoe Saldana, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Robert De Niro, Anya Taylor-Joy, Timothy Oliphant. Mm. Rami Malek, Mike Myers, Andrea Riseborough, Michael Shannon, <laughs> John David Washington, Matthias Schoenhart, Taylor Swift, Chris Dang. Rock. Uh, I mean, the, the cast goes on and on. So. Mm, Chris Rock. Oh, and speaking yeah. of which, um, um, yeah. uh, Will Smith has another movie coming out this year, too, called Emancipation, I think. And isn't Apple? Right. Well, he's going to be like uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, I think I'm afraid so. when he oh, yeah. was for a beautiful yeah, be mind, and he had yeah, that, he was going to win that award. Um, all right, really quickly, let's just very briefly before we hang up because um, we had a few minutes here, but just um, 
the uh, Coda is a Sundance movie, so that throws our our whole my whole plan off. Like, because <laughs> it's not a Telluride movie, it's not a late breaker, it's a Sundance movie. So now. Did we have Sundance already this year? I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, we did. Okay. It wasn't Coda. wasn't this year, right? It was last year? Last yeah. year. Last year. All right. So anyway, keep an eye out for that because that tells you that, um, you know, that there are a lot of uh, critics' uh, influence on the Oscar race now and especially Sundance. And, and I don't see those patterns changing, even if it's at the expense of the Oscars' ratings. Um, so that's something to look for. I am hoping for big Oscar movies, as big as you can get them, to come in and wow us all and bring us back to the theaters. That would make me very happy. Yeah, and let's, let's just try to think of this year as hopefully an exception and an anomaly. And that just because one year is really strange and offbeat and everything, nothing went according to plan, that's just one year out of 94, right? So, you know, it's not a very big percentage. Maybe next year, well, this coming year, we'll be back to normal a little bit. And let's just start writing about and thinking about movies this year, tomorrow and get yep. the bad taste of this past year out of yeah. my mouth. Well, that's the plan. We'll be putting up a <laughs> poll of anticipated movies like Ryan always yeah. does every year. Yeah. And, yeah, um, idea. and our year is starting again. And just really quickly, I would like to thank all three of you for um, being patient with me and keeping me sane and doing these podcasts and <laughs> taking out time from your, your hard work during the day to, to contribute to the site. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that. And, and thank you to all of our listeners. Our podcast, believe it or not, has actually grown in an audience, which is shocking. But um, please leave a review if you like the show and you want us to keep doing it. We'll, we'll try to pick it up at some point soon. We'll figure out something. Um, but anyway, just from the bottom of my heart, thank all of you for listening to this show. And thank you guys for contributing. It's been a blast. I mean, mm, it really I, has. And thank you. Thank you all so much. Yeah. And have a good night, you guys. You too. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to AwardsDaily.com's podcast, All This and the Oscars 2, closing out the 2022 Oscar season. You can find our pieces on the Oscars at awardsdaily.com and you can follow me on Twitter at awardsdaily where you can find links to all of the people on this show and um, yeah so we'll we'll try to put our blocks back in place and start all over again thank you for being an awards daily podcast listener and until next time <laughs> <laughs>